This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Frame, Eric Scopel with me as always on the show, and we're going to be breaking down the latest in a saga of are they playing or are they not playing football this weekend? Before we do, I want to remind you guys, we have a 60% off annual subscription to DuckTerritory.com flash sale. This is a huge deal. It gets you through the recruiting season for this year for signing day, which is next week. You get all of basketball. You get spring football. You get all of next football season as well, the regular season, uh, and potentially maybe even some of – you know, the next recruiting signing day period for next year. So highly encourage you guys to take advantage of that. That sale ends midnight, December 16th. Huge opportunity for you to join duckterritory.com and save a huge chunk of money. Okay, Eric, uh, news hit kind of around two, uh, what was it? Tuesday that, the Huskies were going to have to pause practice Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Um, and that created a whole dynamic of, oh my gosh, is this Oregon versus Washington football game going to be played? The team has uh, the Washington Huskies. They, they have paused their team activities on Wednesday. We are recording this Thursday morning and the earliest that they knew that they would be able to play or not play was around this time. Nothing has come out yet um, since the new, the initial news of the Huskies having to pause uh, this, you know, their, their, their program for some periods of time while they figure out their next steps. Uh, Mario Cristobal has spoke Jen Cohn, the AD uh, at Washington went on Portland radio with John Canzano. And she gave some thoughts, heck, uh, Head coach Jimmy Lake of Washington has provided some thoughts. Um, Oregon's players have sounded off on it. And it's really like, I I think this is probably the hardest part of playing during the pandemic. It's not itself of going through the testing and, and figuring out. And unfortunately, you know, if you're someone who unfortunately tests positive, that's probably going to be the hardest part of it. But for everyone who else who doesn't test positive, this right here is, I think, the most difficult aspect of playing during this time because you have to prepare as if the game is going to be played, but there's also probably a very realistic, more likely possibility that this game isn't played, but they won't rule it out until the very last second because everyone's trying to see if they can get everything in and, and play this game which just tugs on your emotions in all sorts of different ways. No doubt. And, and we're, I, we, we kind of waited up until the last moment when we usually record these because, well, we were hoping that we'd have something definitive to talk about, whether this game was canceled or if it, was, if it looked like Washington was able to resume practice and, and kind of go full steam ahead. And we don't have that information right now. And that stinks. 
Um, I'm kind of wondering if over the course of this podcast, again, we're recording Thursday morning around 9.30, that something will, some that information will change. Um, I think that's been the expectation is that they'll have more testing. Their PCR testing will be done sometime this morning. Hopefully we get some clarity. But like, yeah, right now, um, both football programs – Neither know for sure if this game is taking place. Both fan bases don't know if this game is taking place. And again, as we established earlier in the week, this is like about as pivotal, pivotal a game between these two programs, two really intense rivals that we've had in a very long time. And to just have a lack of certainty and guarantee that it's going to be played or not, that stinks. And for Oregon, considering that this has nothing to do with their testing, their protocols, they've done everything right. They're not the school that potentially is, is going to be the hiccup and why this game can't be played. That stinks too. And, you know, uh, Oregon has done a tremendous job from everything we've seen in terms of mitigating and, you know, diminishing the number of cases that they can pick up here. Um, Tyler Shuck had some great quotes from, from Tuesday about how, challenging and how much growth he's had because of these protocols of basically he goes to practice and he goes home and he doesn't leave wherever he's sleeping, whether that be a hotel on the road, whether that be, um, you know, his, his apartment slash house on campus when he's, you know, not on the road, he's, you know, he's living a very different lifestyle in order to get these games played. They're making immense sacrifices to get these games played. They're not seeing friends. They're not seeing family. They're not seeing athletes outside of the football program. And it just sort of stinks that a game that means so much that will, would determine the division rivalry um, or should say just the division that would determine the rivalry game this week. And this is again, the biggest, I I would argue this is the biggest rivalry that Oregon has in, in all sports that it might not get played at all and you won't be able to determine it on the field. That really stinks, especially I think from an organ perspective and the player's perspective through no fault of their own. And, and I would also argue, like I have a hard time pointing the finger really at Washington. Obviously their, their program would be the one, if you were to point a finger that you would be able to point it at just because it's their, it's their program that has having an outbreak quote unquote, but this is an unparalleled time. It's a pandemic and it stinks. But the reality is, is the case numbers across the country are spiking again. And this is affecting programs everywhere. And I know it's easy to just point your finger at Washington and say, well, they're, they're up. This is nefarious. They don't want to play Oregon, blah, 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 blah. I don't think that that couldn't be further from the truth. Both teams want to play this game. It's just a matter of if it gets played or not. And again, I wish that we were recording this with further clarity because it stinks that we're about, four to eight hours from kickoff 1 PM on Saturday when this game is supposed to be played to determine the North division. And we don't know one way or the other, if it's going to happen or not. Um, Here's a quote from Jimmy Lake on this rivalry game this year and where things kind of stand in terms of the disdain towards one another quote, they're standing in the way of our North division championship. I think it's been eye-opening for some of our younger guys to understand the level of hatred these teams have for each other. Um, It's an interesting comment because if this game is played on Saturday at 1 o'clock at Austin Stadium, both teams have a a spot in the Pac-12 championship game on the line. Whoever wins goes. Uh, You also can ruin the hopes of the other team, plus just the normal usual bragging rights of the rivalry. Yep. But the coaches are taking complete opposite perspectives of this game. Um, 
Crystal Ball has acknowledged the rivalry. He says this is uh, a game in which you know these two teams don't like each other, but this is also one of six regular season games. This is you know the the, the game this week, which makes it the biggest game of the year. And every week that current you know that current week that game becomes the biggest game of the year. Um, and he's acknowledged the rivalry, but at the same time, he's not hammering it home. He's not. You know, he's he, at least publicly, he's not. Um, publicly, Jimmy Lake has taken the other end of the spectrum and has r- reminded the team what's on the line. If you don't win this game, you don't go to the conference championship game. If you don't win this game, you lose to your rival. This is the team you do not like. And I think that's also a fascinating dynamic of this season uh, and this in this series, if this game is played, is that the two teams are, are, are approaching it in two different completely manners, you know, ways of handling this game. Yeah, I know. I asked Cristobal the question regarding kind of <clears throat> how they're approaching this, and, and they are very much focused on the next day in front of them. And that's, he said, is the way that they've had the most success. And I posited the question sort of like, this week's a big game. The next week's a big game. He acknowledged that this week was a big game. He talked about the rivalry, talked about how his experience with the rivalry is these are muddy waters. These are physical games. These are two teams that, that will fight to the very end against each other, but he wouldn't go basically and say, we have to win this game to then get to the conference championship game, et cetera. Cause they're not looking that far ahead. And that is a differentiation in terms of how they're approaching this. And um, I, it's hard to say which way is better. Right. I don't think we want to pass judgment on that, but I do find it interesting that they are approaching it differently. And I think both programs are very clearly aware of what this rivalry means. Cristobal's comments have said that have indicated that players have indicated that Hunter Cantmore talked about he was on that 2015 team that or 2016 team. Is it 2016? The team they lost 70-21? Yeah. Yes. 2016 team when they lost 70 to 21 and how that still hurts, how they haven't forgotten that, how he wants to remind the younger players on this program of that loss because you had a Jake Browning pointing at players as he was running into the end zone. You had them celebrating like it was the biggest accomplishment in the program's recent history, which it was at the time because Oregon had won 11 straight games. And since then, Oregon played without its starting quarterback and got blasted in Seattle. But the last two games, Oregon has won in nail biters. And this series has become really, really competitive, really, really fun. Honestly, the game that I always look to when the schedule comes out of like, okay, when is Oregon Washington? Because it's going to be a game that is going to mean a lot. These fan bases don't like each other. These programs don't like each other. This is undoubtedly the other program in the Pac-12 North that recruits really well, that has the most talent. You go look at the college, the uh, yeah, the twenty four seven college football team recruit rankings. Um, you know, in terms of the like the, the the totality of the rosters, Oregon has the second most talented roster in the conference. Washington has the third most talented roster in the conference. You look at the recruits these two programs have gone up against each other with. Oregon has certainly won a couple more battles recently but there are tons of players on washington's team that oregon recruited recruited really heavily and was bummed out to miss out on you know and so like this game is super meaningful the winner of this game this year in particular um is even more significant because as we said earlier like you win this game you win the division that has not been the case in a long time so there is so much on the line here so much at stake and again 
I'm hopeful that this game gets played because if it doesn't, it just feels like, you know, 2020 has been the, the wackiest year that I've been around. Right. Uh, so much has been kind of ruined from a sports perspective. I was Wednesday night just looking through YouTube for something to watch while I was waiting for the Oregon men to play, trying to bide some time. And I stumbled upon the Oregon women's basketball against Team USA highlights. And I was like a 10 minute highlight clip and watched that and was going, man, reminded again of, wow, that really stinks that that women's program, which was able to be literally the collection of the best players in the world at Matthew Arena, didn't have an opportunity to go play for a national championship. And that was Robbie because of the COVID-19 and, and this weird 2020 year. And I would, it's not quite the same thing. Oregon has no chance of winning a national championship. But if they don't at least have an opportunity to win a division championship outright by beating Washington or go and play USC or Colorado, we should note those two teams for the conference championship because of something completely out of their control. It just adds to what's been a really, really disappointing year for much bigger reasons than sports. But from a sports year and just an Oregon sports centric, because that's what we do professionally, it would be a real bummer if Oregon fans and both programs and their fan bases lose out on the opportunity to see this game played because of all that's on the line and because of what it matters. The options that are on the table right now are very unclear if this game is not to be played. Um, if this game cannot get get in the books and, and played Saturday. Um, I, I think the best course of action here is to look at this and say, okay, can we play this game on Sunday? Can we play this game even potentially on a Monday to ensure that we figure out who wins the Pac-12 North. I think that's the best case scenario if you can't play on Saturday. If if the Huskies need a couple more days for contact tracing quarantine periods to end and get guys out of quarantine and healthy and available to play. Um, if that can't happen, then it gets really murky of – uh, if you can't get this game in over a Saturday, Sunday, or a Monday, um, it gets really murky. And there are a couple ways to go. Um, one is if this game gets canceled and two other games get canceled, the threshold drops and the Pac-12 rules state that they would then take the two highest ranked teams or you know the two teams with the best record in the conference and they would play for the conference championship regardless of division which would likely then mean uh, Oregon and Washington would be out of the conference championship game and it would be USC versus Colorado but that's only if the Buffs win this weekend against Utah um, I guess you know you could argue you could also argue maybe if USC lose uh, beats UCLA but um, that's one scenario. And then I also think the Pac-12, they're in a tough spot because they're not going to make the playoff. I think USC is the highest team in the rankings at like, what, 15? Yep, um, 15. Colorado's in the 20s. So you have to it's, – it's a game of chicken here almost where it's, okay, what happens if we pair USC and we pair Colorado – two undefeated teams, both in the top 20 of the college football playoff rankings against each other in the conference championship. And let's just assume USC wins. Does that vault them high enough into the top four? Probably not. No, 
No, probably <laughs> it's not, not happening. It's not happening. So one idea that's been banted around could be just saying, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna put we're gonna put the, the teams that can play this week. We're gonna play those games. Oregon and Washington. If you can't play this week, you're gonna play next week." And then whoever comes out of the South Division, you get a bye next week, and then you then we'll play the conference championship game the following weekend. Because the conference championship game is probably not going to decide a team making the college football playoff. I mean, I don't hate that. Now, I do wonder. I mean, the thing that gets complicated is because or these Pac-12 schools are the the bull the bull slate is right up against it too. Yep. And I guess, what, I mean, what do you do with that? And, and part of me thinks if there was ever a year just to care more about the, the Pac-12 championship game than the bowl game postseason, considering that there's no national championship implications. And, of course, you would want to send teams to, like, the Fiesta Bowl and some of the significant bowls. But, like, like the, the, I mean, I don't have a full slate and pulled up in front of me, but those games are starting to be played, like, a week after the Pac-12 championship. I don't know. I, I just think this whole thing is, is so wacky. I, I, don't, I don't even think there's really a solution here. I'm, I'm pretty sure almost regardless of what path the Pac-12 chooses, it's going to look bad. Somebody's going to get screwed over. I, mean, I, just almost, I just don't even know if there's really a, a path that doesn't end in some sort of carnage. And I think this is what happens when you try to pull this thing off so late. And I know everybody was really excited at the Pac-12 when they did try to do this. They, everybody was just happy to have football back. But the reality is when they try to fit in seven games in seven weeks with the bowl schedule right up against it, like something like this was kind of bound to happen. And I think this is on the Pac-12 for just not having planned this out very much, for not having more contingency plans in place. And, and look, I also think, I mean, I think college football playoff, the NCAA didn't do any favors by having those bowls not moved either. Like maybe this should have been a year where you play more of your bowls into January and maybe even into February or something like that. But I mean, regardless, this is going to get messy and I'm with you, Matt. I, I, I think the conference owes it to itself. If nothing else, even if this screws up the whole postseason, to at least be able to like definitively play out a pactual championship game right. where you have the two best teams in it. That's, at this point, that's all you can ask for. And if that muddies the waters with everything else and, this, and it screws everything else up, you find a way to do it. And I, I hate to say that because everybody would love to see this all work out smoothly, but you look at the scheduling and it's like it's, it's just probably not going to. So you figure it out, and I don't, I don't know exactly what the solution is, but I just think whenever this Pac-12 championship game is played, it needs to be representative of the two best teams in the conference playing for the conference championship even if that doesn't include Oregon. And I was just going to say, like, I don't know if the two best teams in the conference, if one of those two teams comes from the Pac-12 North. Not, not based on what we've seen so far, right? I mean, like, right. the other two teams haven't lost yet, and Oregon and Washington have three combined losses. And that's part of my aspect of where if, if this game can't get played, it's a weird dynamic. Like, if you're Oregon, okay, let's say this game can't get played. And Washington has to forfeit. That would ensure that the Huskies are the, the Pac-12 North Division champions because of winning percentage. And they've only lost one game to Oregon's two, but they've played two fewer games than Oregon has. Um, 
then the, if you're Oregon, it's like, how do you feel about a Washington canceling? So you don't have their opportunity to show that you're the better team than the Huskies, but the Huskies have to also withdraw from the Pac-12 championship game because they can't get out of quarantine in time. So then that elevates Oregon at three and two into the conference championship game. Like that also feels very hollow for Oregon. Like, yeah, agreed. Like, like Washington would, would feel ho- hollow of winning that title without playing Oregon for the right to win the league championship. But then if they can't go, Oregon gets in and it's like, that doesn't even feel any different either. And that's why I said like, there's a, this, the path that we're on right now, it really feels like this is a no win for either of the programs and really for the conference at all. And it's just, it, it stinks, right? I mean, this is what I was talking about earlier. This whole, there's a lot of bigger issues going on in the world because of the coronavirus than college football, but and sports in general, but like, it stinks that we're this year is going to be a year where, for better or for worse, it like it's always going to be looked at with an asterisk. And the first indication of that is the fact that you're going to have played. Some teams are going to play, like Arizona State's played two games right now. You know, um, like you're going to look at the schedule and be like, "Wow, Arizona State played four games, best case scenario, all season." Like that sucks. Like, and you're going to look at Oregon, and I'm hopeful that they get to play eight games. But even eight games is five to six less than a traditional year would be. So, yeah, I mean, all, all of this stinks. This, this year is always going to be clouded and looked at that way. I'm happy that we're at least getting these games to be watched. But, like, at a certain point here, you just kind of go, it, it, it's not going to work out perfectly. I think you just have to accept it. And you can sit and you can be disappointed and you can bitch and moan about how unjust it might be that Washington wins the division without having to play Oregon, without – with, by the way, we should note here, Washington has not played a game outside of Seattle. Yeah, they haven't played a road game all year. Washington didn't play Cal, who was – Cal and Oregon were the two top picked teams in the Pac-12 North this year. If Oregon and if Oregon and Washington gets canceled on Saturday, Washington could win the division playing all four of its games at home, not playing the two teams that were picked to win the division, playing Arizona and Utah, who are middling Pac-12 South teams who've won – what one combined game thus far and beating Oregon state and losing to Stanford. And that would be a winning path to the division. I mean, that, that does, I mean, again, that feels hollow, but on the flip side, you can say Oregon's resume isn't super impressive either. They've lost to two teams that have a combined two wins as well. So like, I mean, you look at this and it's, it just stinks all of it. I mean, I guess that's just the way to wrap it up. You know, in terms of just the way this feels, it 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 just feel hollow is the right word, Matt. Like whoever ends up being this quote unquote division title, you know, champion or playing for the Pac-12 conference championship game, if this game is not played, it, it's it, it's going to be a hollow feeling. It's gonna it's gonna feel unearned. And I think from a rivalry perspective, and if you want to put like a silver lining on it, both teams could enter the off season and fan bases in particular feeling kind of like extra peeved and extra oh yeah the hatred that the other team's going to be off the charts right because oregon fans can go well washington didn't want to play us then they won the division by backing out and then washington fans can be angry that oregon fans feel that way when they can say well the we, we didn't back out of it we wanted to play this game but we couldn't play the game because of COVID 19 cases out of our control and then it becomes this whole back and forth back and forth back and forth all off season leading up to 2021 when both programs should be in theory based upon who they're returning even better and maybe the game means more and hopefully things are back to normal more and, and we're playing a traditional 12 game regular season, et cetera. 
And that sets up a really fun 2021. There's my silver lining, trying to be an optimist perspective to send us out of this podcast when we just spent the last 10 minutes focusing on what has been kind of a really demoralizing couple of days of news with this game. Let's wrap it up with this. If this game can't be played, do you want to see Oregon try and schedule a game against somebody else this week? Um, on Twitter, on DuckTerritory.com, and across the internet, Oregon, Ohio State has certainly been thrown out a ton, a ton of times. I personally see no value whatsoever for Oregon to play a game of that magnitude this late in the year for what it's not going to improve your conference standing and yeah, it could change the perception if you win, but uh, Eric, I, this team in my eyes has no chance of beating Ohio state, even if the game is played in Eugene. And I think there's a, a more likely scenario in which Oregon loses that game by two or more scores. And that only hurts the image of the Pac-12 that only hurts the image of Oregon and sets up and with very little to gain gives you a likely outcome where you're three and three and now having to play for a winning season. I like it only if the art, the angle is we'll play anybody at any time, but if it's, I mean, you're not going to win that game. I mean, I feel really confident saying Oregon's going to lose to Ohio State. I don't think there's really anybody out there who has false hope. Like, I think if you were to pull the fan base, let's say this game is scheduled, I think if you were to pull the fan base, that I'm going to guess it's going to be like less than 10%, less than 5% that would think they would win. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know who who's watched this team and who's watched Ohio State this year feels like Oregon would, would win that game. And, and again, like, I mean, it makes from a logical spe- perspective, Oregon was set to schedule and play Ohio State to open this season, playing it at the end of the season. Okay, that's great. If it, if it plays out, at least that game gets played. The other reality here is you'd be playing this game with like, what, 48 hours notice at best. I mean, even if you push that game back to like a Sunday or a Monday to give a little bit more time, um, you need a little bit of time to game plan for a team like Ohio State, who's one of the best teams in the country. And you know, you go from a scenario where Oregon was going to have all summer and off season to prepare to play Ohio State at Autzen to a scenario where you don't get it at all. Um, so I'm with you, Matt. I don't like. I don't want that game to be played. I I think you know, preferred would be somehow Oregon plays another Pac-12 team. And again, I hate to say preferred because that means another program in the conference can't play because of COVID-19 forcing them out of a game. So that sucks. But I mean, like that. I'd love to see Oregon play a game. I think it would be great if they could get to their, they could play a sixth game. I just don't know. I know we've kind of run through some of the options before. Like there really doesn't feel like there are any or very many logical options who Oregon could pick up here in the next couple of days, unless it is another Pac-12 team or it's Ohio State. And I also don't know like, like, does it make a ton of sense given what's going on in the state of Ohio and that part of the country from a COVID-19 test number perspective to fly your whole team out there to play a football game or to have them fly here? I mean, I know that obviously Ohio State would come here having tested before, so maybe that's not a big thing. But it, I don't know. It just feels like you're adding a bunch of risk for a game that you have no chance of winning and that ultimately doesn't really benefit you in the slightest. 
unless things get super wonky and Oregon somehow wins the game. And if Oregon somehow wins that game over Ohio State, completely changes the trajectory of the season. I know you go into the offseason thinking, hey, there were some disappointments, but we beat, they beat Ohio State. That's fantastic. But that just feels like it's a complete long shot, like a one in a million type of thing. We're still waiting. We're still checking to find out if this Oregon versus Washington football game is figured out and if this game can get played or if it's postponed, uh, if it's pushed back, or if it's just straight up canceled. And unfortunately, I, I, I think this is one of those podcasts where I, I, I think there's a lot of information that's still to be learned. And yet at the same time, we can make it very informative of just running through all the scenarios, running throughout everything that we're, we know, everything that we're waiting on finding out so that you, the duck fan can be as informed as possible. And, and this is one of those cases in which right now uh, I'm not really going to believe anything that comes from Oregon. And I'll end it with this. I'm not going to believe anything with Oregon side of things of, Hey, I'm hearing this game's on. Uh, I'm hearing this game is on uh, Washington is uh, they've got this, they've got this, you know, outbreak control. It sounds like we're going to play. Um, the only thing that I will believe that comes out of Oregon's side of this is if they come out and they say the game is officially canceled or if they come out as a school and says, you know, the PAC 12 has confirmed to Oregon that this game will be played. Those are the only two scenarios that I'm going to believe, uh, whatever, you know, sources come out and say they feel like this game will be played or if Oregon's, you know, coaching staff or athletic department says, yeah, well, well, we're, you know, we're expecting this game to be played um, because like it or not, it's out of their hands. And that's the most difficult thing for anybody in any situation is they're not the team. Like Eric said, they're not the team that's got the outbreak. Um, They're not the, the people inside the athletics department at Washington doing the testing, doing the contact tracing and figuring out, who's available and who's not. It's going to have to come from the Washington side. And so I I think Eric and I will continue to, to figure out and and research and and probe and try and find answers. But more often than not, it's going to come from the Washington side where they have to come out and say, we can't play and the game is officially canceled or hopefully the better alternative, they come out and say, hey, we've gained clearance. The, the game is on. We're coming to Eugene. We'll be there in two days. Let's go. Um, hopefully that's the scenario that that plays out. But for Eric and, and for myself, we are waiting just as much as you guys are waiting uh, to find out what this game and the status that it has. And hopefully on Friday, we've got a podcast previewing this game with predictions and outcomes and um, and then Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, while it's halftime and you're watching the men's basketball team play the Washington Huskies, you can listen to the postgame po- podcast of the football game uh, against the Washington Huskies. So uh, we've got a ton of stuff coming. Uh, if this game gets canceled, we'll have a ton of reaction to it as well. Um, and we've also got the 60% off membership at DuckTerritory.com that you can save a whole bunch of money for Christmas, for yourself, for your brother, for your dad, your grandpa, your wife, your sister, any duck fan out there would want a membership to DuckTerritory.com, and you can get it for 60% off an annual membership. So until we talk to you, whenever we talk to you, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys. Talk to you later folks. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.